Good evening, good evening, good evening. I hope everybody's doing well out there. If you notice something different, you can see us now. It's the ramen movement. Everybody is here and we are live and direct. We hope everybody will join us while we're live, but uh, if not, we got a recording, so it'll be posted on different social media platforms and other um, podcast platforms as we go throughout the day. So uh, here we go. We're going to go around the room like we do as usual, just go in order to my left. Go ahead, sir, introduce yourself. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's your boy, CT, one part of the ABC Crew podcast with... HP, we are um, expanding, doing different things, but uh, we're having a good time here today. Uh, the ramen movement is happening. Uh, we've got some intelligent people here trying to drop you with jewels, but the thing about it is, we just all want to see everybody prosper, and so let me go ahead and pass it. Mm. Oh. Hey, hey, oh, hey. Hello, hello, hello. It is David Jones. You know me of IamWealthyNow.com. I am the independent financial advisor as well as the resident expert here because I have the big chair. Y'all see the big chair? Yeah, oh. yes, yes. Um, You know me. I sell money, 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 But I want to be able to help other people learn a lot of things that I make some mistakes that I made in my own business and help them to be more successful here in this ramen movement. So welcome to the show and I'm so happy to have you here. Talk to him Tim. I will do it. This is Timothy Allen and I am uh, once again a uh, self-described serial entrepreneur. Serial um, baby. Absolutely. And <laughs> I am trying to give all that I have to those that are uh, wanting to join business, get into business, uh, change their lifestyle and make a make a difference in their life. I'm gonna pass it on to Marcus. Uh, Marcus Blair, formerly of FitnessKnox.com. I migrated that site to a new place now. Had to run into a server problem, so it's down at the moment. We'll get it back up here in the next couple of weeks. Um, glad to be. Back with the Rama movement again. There's a lot happening in this right now. So yeah. it's good. Mm-hmm. Especially mm-hmm. for this first live broadcast. It got me nervous. Yeah. Hey, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, hey. The video got people showing out. Got people nervous. Hey, hey, but we relax. Thanks to our unofficial sponsors. You know, we're having a good time. Um, we'd like to thank Marcus. And I'm glad that the crew's back. You know, I went out. Uh, everybody else had things to do. We're real people. Life happens. Things goes on. But, uh... <clears throat> This topic today is leadership. Uh, Market Marcus proposed it to the group, and I just wanted to get a definition of it out there, and then we'll go into what we're going to talk about today, which is the action of leading a group of people or an organization. And I want you to kind of keep your mind wrapped around that as we go around the table. Uh, one of the first things I wanted to talk about is Marcus talked about this off air, so we wanted to bring it on there. Let's go around the table, and we'll start with Marcus, if you don't mind. We'll go around and talk about the differences between leadership and management, if you want to go ahead with that. Okay, so put simply, the difference between leadership and management. Leadership is knowing what to do, the right thing to do, and management is doing things the right way. A lot of times, they are uh, are presented as being opposites or even that management or leadership is superior to management somehow. That's not necessarily the case. 
both of these things have to coexist. So you have a leader, a visionary, someone who wants to change the way the world functions or he has some big grand scheme for the future, whether that's on a massive scale like the tech guys or just in your own, you know, in your own day-to-day -day life. You, you want to change the way things function and you're trying to assemble a team to help get you there, right? But you got to have somebody, which in most small businesses is going to be yourself, <laughs> but in larger corporations or larger functions, it'll be somebody that knows the right way to go about it. Right, so you have a vision. This person helps you execute it. That's the difference between a leader and a manager. Right, and you would—I mean, it's fair to say though. It, there's also safety in that factor, having a leader and a manager, because everybody can't know it all. I mean, would you agree? That's fair to say. Oh, absolutely. And a lot of times, people that are good at managing or good at who are very task-oriented aren't good leaders because they don't have the vision they can't come up with the idea they can't spot the opportunity but conversely visionaries oftentimes don't make good managers either because they're they're thinking so big that right. they, they miss the details or the the little steps that they have to go through to get there right kind of like the the henry ford aspect of i don't care how you get it done this is what i want do it right and you know that's where it the 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 opportunities or the 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 chances that have to be taken in both roles cannot be ignored. So, so Tim, with, with your background, uh, segue to some of the traits of a leader like that you've known and that you exhibit and that you've tried to model yourself behind. And same question to everybody, but we'll start with Tim, just go around. What are some of the traits and qualities of a leader that you see? Some of the traits of a great leader, I worked for one of the greatest organizations in the United States of America the United States military. A lot of companies uh, model their, their businesses from the United States military because they're very proficient and uh, uh, they had a long history of organizational management. So when I was in, I, uh, I seen some absolutely great leaders and I seen some horrible leaders. And for me, uh, one of the best leaders that I met, they were uh, uh, they stayed on task, they were mission-oriented, and more than anything, uh, one of the things that I, I think a great leader has to do is they have to not only set the tone, but they have to get involved. I mean, you can tell somebody what to do, but it means so much to the people in the group when the leader is side-by-side, side, uh, picking up the bricks, putting the mortar down, and making it happen together. Yeah, I mean, I think that's... I think we can all say that that's fair to say like in our careers we've had a lot more admiration and respect for a boss or leader that would roll their sleeves up and do the same thing that you do one thing i can think of from a personal experience is in high school working at kroger bagging groceries and to have a store manager because you're short-handed or the weather or whatever getting buggies or bagging groceries with you you get a lot more respect for that person. So when they yeah. ask you to do something Not outside the norm, mm. I'm going because I know this is something that you would do. Well, it's leadership. Right. I mean, it's exactly what you are describing is what leadership is. It's showing people how to respond in a crisis situation. Right. The action portion. I don't right. think people like that's the, the, the boss leader connotation, debate, whatever. It's like which, which one is which. You know, a lot of bosses talk but they don't do so with that you know we'll turn to the expert and what are some of the traits and qualities 
that a leader exhibits in your mind? Well, I think you all hit it right on the head. I need a person who's going to lead from the front. That leader is going to show me exactly what it is. Even if it's not their regular day-to-day -day or their regular day-to-day -day job, this is something that they're going to show me that they understand who I am in this position, and they're going to allow me to have that space. Um, it's so important to have them to be able to inspire you, just the same, to just kind of let you be a little bit innovative and inspire you to be able to handle your job appropriately. Um, in my corporate experience, I was definitely one of those people who, I had a leader, very much like you talked about, Henry Ford, where she gave me an opportunity, she gave me a task, and she sat it on, her de on the desk, and then she walked away. And she allowed me to be able to move and function and get the things that I needed to do and bring her back to the job and she'd be able to say, okay, I see where you've gone with this. We might want to tweak here and there, but there was such a great appreciation because she had already been through that before. She had to put in the work and the time and the effort. Mm -hmm. She appreciated having someone who, I think there was a bit of ownership that came along with that for me personally, because every time I went back to her, there was a dialogue, there was conversation, and we really, even though it was a lot of her money and my project, it was still felt like a collaboration on everything and it really made it it made it much more successful no one walked away from it feeling like they didn't get what they wanted out of the deal mm -hmm. so that was one of the major marks for a leader for me someone who will leave from the front um, but also give you that that opportunity to spread your wings and show what you can truly do because that's how new leaders are made if right. you're not going to take that yeah. ownership <clears throat> you're not going to take that ownership and actually be able to show that you can accomplish a goal then you'll be a follower all your life. And we don't, we don't want to be somebody just constantly following the instructions and directions. Absolutely. No, you don't. You know I don't. No, you don't. Oh, you don't. So, so CT, same question. We, we went around. I think you yeah, was wanting to well, say. Well, I'll just real quick to build on what she said. No one's ever heard of a microleader before. Right. 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 We've all heard of micromanagers. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And the difference is given people an opportunity to take ownership of a project and or a task or whatever it is and right. be able to do it their way without breathing down their neck and letting them grow into another leader. True. True. That's right. And some people can't do projects or anything without having their thumb on top of somebody. And that's, they want to blame everybody else when they're not mm -hmm. successful. But the problem lies oh, within the them because you have to release control. But, but to some of the qualities in a leader for you as well. I think the biggest thing of, as far as someone being a leader, it doesn't matter what field you're in, it doesn't matter what you do, you have to have a person who is compassionate, uh, empathetic, and shows understanding. And what I mean by that is like, you understand if they do mess up, that you have to tell them, yo, you need to fix this but you know the right way to go about it. The biggest thing as far as someone being a leader is they have to understand, hey, you were that person before. Don't forget that. A lot of the people that get it, especially nowadays, if you are in corporate America and you're in positions and you see things happening, a lot of people get put in position because, oh, I know this person or I got on this person's good side and that's why I'm here. But the person who really deserved to get the position because they know what how to speak to people. 
they put in the time, they've got the years in, and they know, hey, this person, this is how I have to interact with them. This person, I can be straight up with, tell them what to do, and we're good. They know how to gauge how to go around with people. And if you don't have that quality, you're not going to be a great leader. And in all honesty, you're really not going to be a manager, a great manager either of anything because you, as if, and I understand the difference, but when it comes to managing, you can't pinpoint and say, this is how I'm going to be with every person. Because if you try to pinpoint it, it's going to blow up in your face one day. There's always going to be that one person that is going to be different from everybody else. So you have to have those qualities to have be a good leader or manager either way. Because I think it all, in a way, it combines at a point. But like you said before, you have that person who is a good leader and he can show you the way. But you have to have that person to manage the steps to, to go on to the next episode. That, and that's true. A um, couple of things I wanted to share, and I think everybody got those, everybody hit on those as well. Accountability and responsibility. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of people want to be responsible for something, but if it goes left, I don't want to be held accountable. Right. Mm -hmm. And accountability is, is a big thing for a leader. And I think you have to have the integrity to know that you're going to do what's right. But if it goes wrong, you have to be held accountable. And I think, like, that's the difference between choices and mistakes. A mistake is, I was trying to do right. Right. And it just didn't work out. A choice is, I knew it could go wrong, and it did go wrong. And either way, as a leader, you have to, you know, you have to be held accountable. And I wanted to, um, to talk to everybody about, like, what sort of actions do you think a leader should take in situations that could be, you know, I know it's textbook. If it's deemed unethical, a leader shouldn't take those steps. But do you think a leader is required to go above and beyond to abstain from even appearing to be in an unethical situation? Even though it might not seem like there's no other choice, I believe there's always the right thing to do. I think that's, that's a little slippery, right? Because uh -huh. number one, in a given any given moral situation, you can have genuine disagreement over what's ethical and what's not ethical, mm -hmm. right? So two people might genuine might take different actions, and they both genuinely believe that they're acting properly, right? Okay. Now, if you run afoul of the law or something like that, that's a wholly different. That's a totally different thing. We're not talking about taking an illegal action Absolutely. or something like that. So let me put that disclaimer. <clears throat> um, but and then two, when you say I don't want to appear to be unethical, who are who who are you appearing in front of? Like who who's going to be the judge of this? Right. 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 Um, so it, it really just depends on it. Really just depends on on the situation. Right. As far as taking on something that could be deemed ethical or might kind of get into a gray area some people might just be like hey you know that's just business but then somebody else be like oh i'm not even going to come close to that so i mm -hmm. mean it's it's, it's kind of touchy I don't, I don't know that there is a definite answer just because there's so many variables who's who's the judge right and then who's the person like what what are they actually comfortable with assuming they're not a sociopath or something. right so and that that provides i guess well let me interject one okay. thing 
I mean, everything that ain't legal, everything that's right ain't legal, and everything that's legal ain't right. So there are definitely situations where you have to look at what the overall goals and the objectives are of the group to be able to determine if maybe it may come across as an unethical to some person, but having that validation and that understanding as to why we would want to make this move and be able to communicate that. I mean, don't try and be underhanded or sneaky about it. If you have valid justifiable reasons as right. to why this should be handled in a particular way that may be considered unethical or not even unethical. I think probably the it's not the way that we're used to doing things. And because we've always come into either a corporate situation, a family situation where, well, we've always done it this way. Right. Mm-hmm. But in business, that is one of the deadliest Exactly. Exactly. And that's where sometimes a company's ethics is built on the tradition and the values. But when it comes to adding new technology, when it comes to being able to expand your horizons and do things differently and look at what the markets are going, sometimes you have to do things differently. I mean, I remember one time when my job was like, no, no social media whatsoever, whatsoever. It was a huge, I was like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. I, I have to use social media. This is the movement of the world. Right. Now they're charging financial advisors to use social media because they couldn't get away from the fact that we we're going to do it anyway. Right. So, I mean, yeah, it was technically unethical for me to be on Facebook, but I was driving right. business. And, of course, the market caught on and eventually transitioned to that as well. So that, and that's, that's, that's effective leadership. Right. And to that, take that stand to go forward when people say that's not right or mm-hmm. we don't do it that way. I mean, I think that's what leadership is. Having the guts to say, I think you're wrong and I'm going to move forward anyway. Right. And that to the point, that that's what I've learned like in my background of just having my projects and what I work on and finishing up this degree and about to go into management. I see that's a big disconnect as far as not that the people or in production or against what management says or wants to do they just don't understand and a lot of times if you just divulge the why Mm -hmm. tell people why you're doing something it won't look a shady and two they'll be less resistant to the change that you're trying to make because they'll see how to make it better so i think that's another quality is Mm. transparency and i know there are certain points in a corporate sense that you can't Divulge information. Right. Go no, ahead. No, you're you're absolutely on to something. My in my corporate job, I'm a global manager at CBG, right? So basically my my role to back to Davette's point about implementing technology is to modernize our operations, right? Some of some of our plants have been in operation continuously since nineteen forty one mm-hmm. or nineteen fifty. They've been doing things a certain way for a very long time. And so when you try to communicate the need for a change, especially if it has to do with automation or technology or something like that, mm-hmm. the first thing they jump to is, oh, y'all trying to fire people. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. We're going to bring in robots or something and we're going to cut half the workforce. That's the first thing they jump to. When you're transparent about it and say, okay, this is the reason why or this is where we're going, that it puts them at ease because mm-hmm. where where there's no information, it just creates a void that's gonna get filled with misinformation. Mm-hmm. Right. And the or misinformation right. Yeah. It causes a lot of problems and people have very active imagination. Mm-hmm. Right? They'll see something in the news and be like, Oh, that's what they're doing at work. And they can concoct whatever 
whatever they need to, whatever mental gymnastics it takes to get them there, they will do it, and then they're going to come and tell other people. And that's where the, the empathy comes in, you know, when mandates are initiated. People have to understand that Bob on the machine making $12 an hour, you know, he needs to be made aware that these changes are to make his life better. It's not to push him out. Right. You know, don't leave that void. And I think that's, you know, being an effective communicator, being uh, emotionally intelligent, being an empath. You know, those are qualities, transparent. You know, we all have to have those. And I think we all possess those as leaders. I mean, uh, people have to understand that we talk about things before we start recording. And it's not a problem if someone says, nope, don't think that's a good idea. Nobody takes that personally. But that's the way it should be if you're running a successful business. Right. You have to have those people. Because if you look at any of the businesses that are succeeding, you know why they're succeeding. Because they have a person in the background that will tell them, don't do that. You have somebody there to do that. Now, they get to a certain point. Some people get crazy <clears throat> and they still do things that they shouldn't do. And they still don't have it. But m the majority of the businesses that make it, they have somebody that they have that leader, but they have somebody on that coattail. Hey, this is not right now. Don't do that. Stop. And as for leaders, they have to be able to make themselves available to their staff and say, it's okay for you to come talk to me. I mean, yes. we have to create that window. I was uh, reading or listening to Lean In by Cheryl Sanderberg, and she talked about that where she was talking to one individual, and she went in and she was like, please don't bring me no more PowerPoint presentations. And somehow it got back around to everybody in the company. And as a matter of fact, she was working for Facebook at the time. Mm -hmm. So she's like number three at Facebook and she was like no more PowerPoint presentations and it got around to the whole globe and here it is now in Japan. And they're like, well, we want to give you this presentation, but they said you can't use PowerPoint. She said, no, that was just to that one person. Right. But everybody had kind of created or concocted this idea in their head. See, that's another thing. We talked about customer service and how word of mouth yeah. is a big part of that. Also, with your as leadership goes, word of mouth is big too. Yeah. Because one, it takes only one person to say she don't like Facebook. She don't. She don't like, she don't like Facebook. Or, no, it, it don't even have to go there. She don't like me because I did this. That's actually a right. management style that's unfortunate. Okay. Word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Well, instead of being direct and handling the situation direct, there are people who manage from let such and such know. Yeah. I don't like this management by rumor. Right. 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 <laughs> right. The grapevine. Well, I heard. I heard. Well, it's, somebody it's, said it's, this. Sometimes uh, the manager may not have the uh, strength to come direct. I've had a situation being a large size person. I was working a project, and the manager would not look at me and would not talk to me. Mm. Could you have Tim? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, else. yo, speak up, because I, I want to talk about that. Speak up. <laughs> well, and I was like, "What is going on?" I mean, I was thinking, "Is it was it my race? Is it, what's going on?" Right. Mm. And I'm slightly offended because every time I'm I'm there to help. Right. Uh, they flew me to uh, Kansas to work on a project. I'm sitting. I'm waiting. I don't know what to do. Right. And well, could you tell Tim to get some? Uh, I'm like, uh, I'm right here. <laughs> Talk, <laughs> to Talk to me. Talk to me. Yeah. Right. So we did this like for two days, and we finally went out for some drinks after work. And I sat him down. I was like, Let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're you're a decent guy. Why don't you talk to me? And he said, 
to be honest with you, Tim, I just didn't want to offend you. I was like, oh, is that it? I get that. I wish we had this conversation two days ago. Right. right. Yeah. He hadn't been in a management situation, so he was in- intimidated to manage me correctly. But here I am thinking this is a racial issue or mm-hmm. uh, he don't like uh, me for whatever reason. And after we cleared the air, we was able to work the next day fluidly. It was just flawless. Mm-hmm. But, Did he know you as a serial entrepreneur before? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Right. right. Yeah, right. I just still but, like to eat cereal. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it taught me something that sometimes we can, uh, as employees or on the other side, you can have in your mind what's going on. But until you have a direct conversation and find out what it exactly is, right. you'll never know. Right. So and, that's leadership and management. Yeah, and perceptions are not real. Right. right? And mm-hmm. that's the those walls have to be broken down. And it, I think it circles back to the transparency. I right. mean, be open as you can. Like, I've worked with a lot of people that have an open-door policy but they don't have time to talk about things that need to be addressed. Right. And I mean, the room stinks. There's a big mammal in the room, but nobody knows what it is and nobody wants to talk about it. But everybody can comment on the smell. Right. Man, it stinks in here, but we're going to ignore the big obstacle that everybody's running around, and that causes more problems in the group. Mm-hmm. I really think that anybody that has to explain to you that they have an open door policy does not actually have an open door policy. Right? Fair enough. Right. People who are approachable, you don't. They don't have to explain. They don't have to tell you, "Hey, come by my office anytime." Yeah, right. You know, you, you just feel comfortable doing it. Right. You, you pass them in the hallway or wherever you see mm-hmm. them. Say, "Hey, da da da," and they they make time to talk to you. Right. Similar to, I don't want to be that guy, but. Right. You are the good guy. Right. Right. <laughs> right. 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 Upset, you're gonna know when a person is feeling a certain way because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many people you have working for you. You know those people if you are really a good leader because you're gonna be. And then that is part of it too, as far as being a good manager. You have to know your people. You can't sit here and say, "Oh, yeah, he works for me," because that's the first thing that's going to pop off everything for anybody. In a perfect I, world, I, I, in a perfect I, 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 world, but in a, a mission-oriented situation where time matters, you might not have time to pat someone on the back and be more empathetic. I mean, in all honesty, it's not even about that though. It's not even about patting you on the back. It's one of those things where you have to get to know people. Period. I mean, you're out here in the world. You you reach out to people. You know people. You talk to people. But when you get to your job, you want to act all stiff. Like you don't understand that is still a big key part of making it a work. I was at my my prior job that I have before now. I think that's the one reason I didn't get to move the way I wanted to move. Is because I made myself available to people. I could tell when people were having a bad day. I could tell when people were feeling emotional about something. I could tell when people had something on their mind and we would talk. And we get it out there and we let everything happen. 
Why? Because they felt comfortable doing it. They, would, they had their direct manager that they could talk to. But guess what? They wouldn't go to that person. Why? Because they didn't feel comfortable. Because they didn't feel like that person was really going to listen to them and understand it. And that's the biggest thing, too. You have to do more than just listen to what's going on. You have to really hear what's happening. I mean, you have to get deeply involved as far as what a person is saying. Okay, so I'm going to go back to Latasha's comment for a minute about being vulnerable because I really think there's a balance to be added here, mm -hmm. which I think what Tim was alluding to a second ago. There, as a day in and day out matter of routine, mm -hmm. being able to relate to people, building personal relationships, that is excellent, right? That yeah. is absolutely the path to go. You don't want to, you know, wall yourself off in right. your office or whatever and just you know, make everyone run through some other person to get to you like you're, you're too good for them. However, there are other times where a leader does not need to be vulnerable, right? You need to set a direction, so, right? Right? If, if it's yeah, if it's under because yeah. if if you're vulnerable under a group of people, if I'm mm -hmm. supposed to be in charge here, yeah, and all four people are telling me to do something different, and I try to accommodate all of yes, them, yes, you're right on that. Right, you're right you on that. Right. Yeah, you, you're gonna mess up. And who does that and fall on? And that falls on me. <laughs> right. Now, and as the leader and being accountable or not being accountable, I can't go back and say, well, I was trying to do everything you guys wanted right. to. That's not an option. Yeah. So, all right. Mm -hmm. So you you've got to you've got to be able to take the information mm -hmm. or take whatever data you have, whatever the inputs are, make a decision and set a direction. And there's not necessarily always time to pat someone on the head and make them feel, feel better. Very right? true. Right. Right. And sometimes no, with business true, decisions, uh, everybody knows you have to withdraw emotion. This is not emotional. Right. This is business, and a lot of times it's kind of the rule with you think about, and this is a segue into leading as in a family. When you have someone working around your house, a lot of times you don't want to use people you personally know because if it's not done right, I'm going to have to go to you and I don't want that kind of strain on our friendship, relationship, right. or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's not personal. No. It's business. This is my home. Right. I'm having you work in. I want it to be done right. I'm going to pay you a fair price. I'm not asking for a discount, right. mm -hmm. but I want you to do it right. You don't get over because... You get to, you know me. Right. And that's the part of, you know, being in leadership, you have to learn how to deal with conflict. There are a lot of people in, in places that, that, positions I'll say, that don't like conflict. And that's just a part of it because, you know, just being in a household from the family aspect where there are seven people in the household, everybody's not going to like every decision you make. Mm -hmm. And just back to your decision on data. You got the most data you have, and you're going to make the best decision possible for everybody. Right. But be prepared to deal with it. Have broad shoulders. Things are going to come back to you, but some people don't look as long as you do. So let's go around the table that way with qualities of leaders in the family setting. And if they are different, and how so? Or are they similar or the same? How do y'all feel about it? They're similar, right? But they're all they're they're very very different. You just can't fire your kid, right? <laughs> you right. Know? Or your wife, or whatever. You, you can't, can't just fire. Your kid. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna cost you more, right? Right. Keep the keeper. Right? Keep I mean, it, I mean. So I don't even know that it's. I I don't know that it's really a. Um, I don't really know that it's a straight comparison. Uh huh. 
right? Uh, because in, in the household, you've got a lot more people, or not a lot more people, you got a lot uh, more intimate relationships. Okay. A, lot's riding, a lot more is riding on it, too, as far as the family aspect. Yeah, I mean, if, if I screw up being a leader at, you know, XYZ Corporation, I'll go down the street and I'll apply to ABC Corporation. They'll see my XYZ experience and I'll get an interview. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, that it doesn't work that way at home. Right. Well, right. I'll, I'll just beg to differ just a little bit. Only because, as, just a little bit, just a little bit. As a single mother, there's always that dynamic where I recall... My my family dynamic growing up was very one sided, so I wanted to be able to create a little bit of, um, a, a little bit of friendship with my kids. I wanted to be able to have a better understanding and create a better relationship. And I can't say that I was the best mother or anything like that. Um, and I think I did a really good job with my kids. I'm I'm not a horrible mother at all. One thing though. What's up? You did the best you could. Oh, I did better than that. that that's all. I, like, I did better than that. I think that. a lot of parents struggle with that. Like, you mm-hmm. know, we all make mistakes, but you did the best you could. Right. Continue on. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But one of the beautiful things about it is, year by year, raising my daughters, I became a better leader. I became a better person. I wanted to listen to them. I wanted to understand from their perspective. You know, I wanted to initially drop the hammer and say, well, I'm your mother and I'm not your friend and you're going to take whatever I say and you're going to eat whatever I and I remember what it was like to be a kid. Right. And being told that. And I'm just to a level of, it's almost disrespectful to our kids when we treat them that way. Right. I mean, and, and mind you, I remember it as my mom. She wasn't the hardest person in the world. But she did have some pretty big hands. And they did not feel good. But, <laughs> hey, play. I mean, she had some super huge hands. Not bigger than that. Whoa. Um, <laughs> ain't playing. What? She wore a size 10 ring, baby. It was no, no coming back from oh, that. Yes, oh. yes. And she wore a lot of rings. But, oh. but, you know, there was still always that dynamic. She was so funny. She was so funny because she would chastise us and then she would ask us if we want to go get some ice cream five minutes later. Wow. You know, that was Did her that- management style. But I wanted to be able to incorporate that where I've got to be stern. I've got to make sure that I'm reaching my goals. I'm accomplishing things. But I also still want to make sure that we can smooth over. You understand, I had to do what I had to do. So I incorporated a level where me and my kids, even after we had a really big falling out or whatever, we had to talk about it. We had to have an understanding of what it was and why we were doing this thing. So by the time my kids grew up, they wanted to go places. Instead of me saying, well, do you have some McDonald's money or do you have some I want to go to the fair money? It started being a conversation. It was like, okay, this is our household budget. This is how much money we have to spend. We've got to do this, that, and the other. Um, and are you going? Who's coming to pick you up? How long are you going to mm-hmm. be there? How much is it going to cost? All these things. They started coming back to me and saying, I have the information that you need in order for me to go. In order for me to say, I want to go to the fair. I'm riding with so-and-so. I'll be there with this time. I'm spending this much money. I'm coming back. But... We didn't have the arguments and the fussing and fighting behind that. And if they weren't prepared, <laughs> you know, right. really, like you said. You got it together. I mean. It was organized. Talk to them, yeah. We, there was a sense of organization. So, yeah, as a young mother, I was probably not nearly as, I was probably a little frantic and wasn't paying attention, didn't care, didn't listen to what my kids said. But by the time I got a lot older, then I was able to say, all right, here are my expectations, here are yours. Now, let's meet in the middle and see how we can come up with it. All right, here, right. here's the extra $5. Just because. 
you came through with a full game plan. You so, did that right. right. Hey, I, I, I hope so. Praise God. The, the ice cream thing you said. Yeah. We've been there. Y'all been there? All right. <laughs> we, we, we got a beat down one day. Yeah. We sitting in the room. You want to go get some ice cream? Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. lactose intolerant. <laughs> Today. <laughs> to, oh. But um, I think as far as the family aspect, man, it does play play it plays a role as far as how you are going to interact with people and treat people in the whatever venture you go into. Because it lays a foundation and it you have different things that you can go back to mm-hmm. to where you can say Okay, I saw how it was done there. This is how I want to do. But you get into the situation and you're like, maybe I don't need that. Or maybe I need to handle it a different way. And you learn how to handle it in a way. But then there's some times where you like, you know what? I understand why they did that when I was that young. Right. Because they were teaching me something to get to this point. To where I have a realization to say, you know what? This is not working. We have to fix it. And in business, you have to have somebody that understands that to say, you know what? This direction we were taking as far as the business is not going the way we want. Mm-hmm. So this is what we need to do. And you have to have people who respect that to say, you know what, bro? I'm riding with you. Sure. And and that's it. Sure, sure, sure. So, Tim, I mean, do you make a, a designated difference between how you manage... In your family, iron fist, all the way through. <laughs> iron fist. I expected that with the military. No, expound on that though. I'll tell you this: uh, I'm raising my grandson. He's seven years old. Uh huh. And um, he running out. One of the one of the things that one of the things that I realized is the way I was raised is pretty much that iron fist, and it mm-hmm. hindered me from responding appropriately in moments where I should give feedback mm-hmm. because I was raised not to give feedback. So when I'm raising him, what I do is we have a cold word. And uh, if I'm getting on to him and he asks me, if he says, can I say one more thing? That's my code mm-hmm. to just be quiet and let him say what he has to say. Okay. I like so that. I like a lot that. of times that one more thing is just the right thing that needs to be said and it opens the whole door. One day I was getting on because uh, we came from Board the Zoo, and I told him to go in there and get something out of the store, a piece of pebbles. He said, hey, I don't, I don't really, I said, look, go get what I need you to get. He said, can I say one more thing? I'm embarrassed because I got my, my costume on, I don't want to do it. I was like, what? Well, I get that. Right. I wasn't even thinking about that. Right. Mm-hmm. So I would have forced him to do something he didn't want to do uncomfortably, but he was able to use the cold word to Say what he had to say and inject his point and be respectful. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And that, like, to a personal extent, that's something I learned, you know, over the years. Like, having four daughters and yes. only one son. So, it, it's different as far as when you are chastising. When right. you talk about that. And I've had to go back, the accountability factor, and tell them. Probably shouldn't have said it the way I did say it. Right. But I meant exactly what I said. Right. I, I need you to understand that part. Okay. I'm sorry for how I said it, but I meant what I said. And I think that is something that can parallel as far as business and family. To go back and be like, hey, I mean, it went too far. Right. But I need you to understand the message. I was trying to, that's how strongly I felt about it. Mm -hmm. Because to me, it was serious enough. It was about, I mean, I don't think sometimes we realize as children, 
until we get our own children, the protection factor. Right. Like when things happen, that I, I asked you not to do that. Right. I didn't, maybe I should have told you it's for this, this, and this reason, but at the time, I just said, don't do it. That should have been enough for There's you. There's always going to be a why, though. Hey. It doesn't matter how old you get. Somebody tells you to do something. That is one of the first questions that always comes at your mouth. Is why. And you want to know. It, it doesn't. I don't care what it is. It can be the simplest thing. But you have to get to a point as an adult to where you're like. And you stop. And you're just like, I'm going to do it. I mean, I guess maybe after hearing everybody talk, it's not all that different. Maybe the biggest difference is just <clears throat> me, the way that I manage uh, the guys on my project at work is just not as emotionally involved as the way that I, you know, the way I manage my daughter at home. But you still have a lot of crossover, right? Mm -hmm. Transparency, mm -hmm. right. personal accountability, clear yes, communication, two-way communication, to your mm -hmm. point, right? So... Yeah, maybe maybe I maybe I jumped the gun too quick. No, no, and that and that's I'm being I personally There there are aspects that that do have to be separated too, though. I mean, because like you said, you made a great point. It was like I can't just fire my kids. <laughs> like, I, I can't find a new family to live with, and you know, there has to be some, you know. Mesh point, like you were talking about, like everybody's talked about crossover, mesh point, whatever you call it, where we get these things down, and I think it makes us better all the way around when we incorporate certain features into both aspects. I think we can all say we can do that. Uh, the, the next one I wanted to get into is what we're doing now in a social aspect. You know, do those same qualities apply? And, you know, emphatically, I think now just from looking at business, looking at family, I think emphatically, yes, they apply to the social aspect because who wants to hang around a bunch of yes men or women? Who wants to be around to, yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, that's a great idea. Oh, then when something bad happens, man, I don't think you should have done that. You know, that's where you have to analyze your group of friends that you associate are they pushing you to do better? Yvette made a, last point, uh, a good point on the last podcast. She said, you know, if your goals aren't aligning up with what I'm trying to do, I got to right. hit the road. And it's nothing personal. Like you said, David, I'll see you in the street. I'll say what's up. I wish nothing but love on you, but got to go. You're going a different direction. I'm trying to get to New York. You're going to Florida. And we ain't ever going to get there together. It's just not going to happen. No love lost, but... We'll go around the table and talk about everybody leadership and the social aspect. I just want to say one thing. Thank you to everybody out there tuning in. We appreciate you. Just so you know, we're reading your comments as we go through this. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I just wanted to put that out there. Anybody else want to start that topic? Go ahead. You put the care in Carrick. You know that. <laughs> I mean, I, if you if, if you don't yes. understand it, man. This is something. Did your parents do that intentionally? Charge my phone. I've I've been like this since I was a kid. But how so. did they know to name you that? My dad. Well, maybe. And I'll make him care. Well, and, and <laughs> I'll something long enough. And I'll honestly, my name was about to be Princeton. Call you Princeton then. Princeton Machiavelli was. <laughs> hey, Mama call him Clay. I'm gonna call him Clay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just that gonna call was, you Care Bear. That's what we're about to do. Care Bear. <laughs> if you don't know, I was called an angry Care Bear. 
You were. Because my last job, I was there for five years. Everybody's like, you always walking around like you're mad. I'm not mad. I don't have anything to say to you right now. <laughs> I don't have anything to say, and I have, I'm, I'm good. I have something to say. You know, I, we talk, joke, whatever, but right now, no, it's not the time. I'm good. I'm, I'm a quiet dude. I keep to myself. And <laughs> if you need me, tell me you need me. We, we talk. We're good. But when you were... So we met. We, we <laughs> met. I'm sorry. We met. I apologize. So no, I apologize. That was me. That was me socially derailed. I apologize. That's, um, that's what's up. That's what's up. What do we go back to? See, it all connects together. Go back and check out the other episodes. You gotta understand we talked about eliminating distractions. He failed. <laughs> 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 but, but he's making are, progress. That's right. Those are real shots. But he's making progress. He, he pulled out real shots. But, but we're talking about uh, leadership in a in a social okay. setting. Um, it's not, I guess, the funnest place to be. But I think every group needs one. You know, the devil's advocate, the guy that tries to to mm. tear the idea apart, and also the voice of reason. I mean, some things just aren't going to work, and. As great as it sounds in your head when it comes out, you hope at some point it's like, no, that's not going to work. But it's great to um, to get people involved that will say no. Like, I thank Davette personally for the idea. She asked me. She was like, how in love are you with the name? Because you were, think you were using forward thinking. And what kind of person would I have been to been like, no, this is what I want it to be. This is what it's going to be. And that's just what it's going to be. You know what I mean? And I think that's the power of having a positive group around you. Of, you know, being involved with a group of leaders. You mm-hmm. can't be around yes men or people that just go along and get along. That I think, you know, we all know steel sharp and steel. And I think we all make each other better for that. So whoever wants to jump in first, talk I'll about just... qualities of a leader in the social circle. When it comes to a social circle... Um... I think we all have been sucked into a situation and a lot of people will try to say no not me not me everybody's been there and you go into stuff because somebody else tells you to go into it you oh we're going to do this so you should come with us i don't think i should but oh man oh you're gonna do us like that you're gonna... and you get sucked into things but you get to an age where you finally realize you can't follow behind everybody because everybody doesn't have your best interest. And that's the thing as far as people that are really going to be leaders, they're basically going to say, yo, you know what? Even though we're having a good time, we need to cut it off right here. Or even if you did overdo it, hey, look, you had it a little too much. Just chill. Well, I got you. But other people are like, oh, that's him. He's just doing him. He's just doing him. And we've all been there at some point where we were either the person that was getting done that way or the person that was doing it to somebody else. The thing about it is, is if you are in a situation like that or if you're trying to be a leader, especially in a social um, atmosphere, you have to learn how to mature from it. And if you're not maturing and you're not saying, you know what? We've had enough. Let's just switch this up. Or let's make something else happen. Well, I kind of see it from two different aspects. In 
first of all, they say that you are the sum of the five people that you hang around regularly. So, yeah, five. So, you know, it's super important to make sure, like you said, when that iron versus uh, the iron sharpens iron situation, that you're around people that you know are going to benefit you. Um, there are opportunities to be able to be around people who don't mean you any harm, don't mean you any harm, but they also don't mean you any good. There's also opportunities to be around people to say, I want to hear what you've got going on, the things that you're saying, mm -hmm. because that's going to help me build as a better person. Those are circumstances where I really feel like we should concentrate more of our time and our energy. Yeah, we're going to laugh, we're going to talk, we're going to have a sip, but, you know, we're going to have a, little, a level of humanity to our our day to day. I mean, of course, that off camera com off camera conversation y'all was having was <laughs> hilarious earlier. Nothing was wrong with it. It was just you guys being guys. It was beautiful. But what I do tend to see is sometimes from a social standpoint, now I've turned into the introvert. Like when I'm just hanging out with people who are not business owners or people who can't identify with a lot of my own personal struggles and I really don't feel like that there's a, a safe space to be able to talk to them about those things, mm -hmm. then you almost kind of go into almost an introvert status where you just kind of play the background, speak, be social. And it's not to be mean. It's really because I I don't want to interject or ruin the party for somebody else. But is it is it fair to say like sometimes the subject matter just doesn't appeal to you. It doesn't. And most of the times people don't want to talk about life insurance. Right. So I don't have to mm -hmm. <laughs> Why are you rolling your eyes, homie? <laughs> like, that's all I got. It's life insurance. <laughs> if you don't talk about life insurance, I'm tapped out. I'm going home. <laughs> Y'all like, Man. <laughs> you got any requests? Can you turn it down? It's a little loud. Right. But I mean, I mean, those are the things. It's like, you got to think about what are the things, what are the books you're reading? What TV shows are you watching? What are the mm -hmm. content... You know, I could start talking about the astrological signs and the moon and the stars and the four of y'all would see that face right there. Yeah, well, I mean, you know. <laughs> it, it, I mean, but that's the reality of it. It's like you have to be within your light tribe. And right. sometimes from a social standpoint, you can be around people that you've known for your whole life and you just never, you just don't connect with them the same way you did before. But you still love them. You still want to break bread with them. Mm -hmm. And... I don't, you know, it's not even like a leadership opportunity there. It's really just enjoying the social status of being there. Let's talk about loving hip hop and Joey coming back. So, um, <laughs> never watched that. New York. Yes. Like, I'm not even lying. She's in New See, York. See, I stopped watching when Joey left. I've been watching growing up hip hop. Before you go too far. That's leadership. Thank you, Tim. That's leadership. Hey, Tim, I appreciate it. I'm glad you said that because I wanted to, to come back to your uh, situation. You had talked about it before, and I want you to elaborate a little bit more on it with with trying to lead family. Okay. And and how difficult that was and what you determined and how that applies to now how you lead in the social aspect. Okay. Um, iron fist still. But um, when it comes to leadership, my mother told me something years ago before she passed. She said, where you going, you are not going to be able to take everybody with you. And being a true leader is a lonely place. Mm -hmm. Because if you are really attempting to be everything that you're supposed to be, the way you're supposed to be it, it's not going to be a group effort. Mm -hmm. And the road that you're going down, you can't ask people questions about how to get there because most of them haven't been there. Right. So you have to be real strong with who you are 
to uh, to know the vision of what you're trying to accomplish. And I think for me, uh, when David said uh, she's an introvert, I'm a introvert for real. You probably can't tell as much. I mean, I I, I show some signs of it sometimes, like in a conversation. When you first came into the group, you were pretty much laid aside. You watching everything, but. I feel where you come from because I'm a person wherever I go, <coughs> if it's my first time, I like to sit. Yep. I don't, background. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't say nothing. Right. If somebody speaks to me, I'm cordial or whatever. Well, you got to evaluate. Wanna, you got to evaluate yeah. what, you, what, what the playing field is. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a form of uh, my leadership style. I don't just rush in. I evaluate. And when it comes to uh, in the family setting, I'm a philosopher. So I rely strongly on philosophy as how I made my decisions, how I move. What's up, B? <laughs> so <laughs> um, I have a guide to my leadership, and it is the philosophy that uh, I've adopted. All right. All right, Mr. Marks. Uh, okay, so I was listening to everybody else talk about the social setting, and we were talking about this off uh, you know, off air a little bit. There is no, uh, there is no shortage of ink spilled about the qualities of a good leader. You need to be like this. You need to be like that. Blah blah blah. So on and so forth. Right. But when you're in a social setting, in my opinion, that's probably one of the most pure settings because everybody is an equal. Right. If you if you go to a, a corporation, somebody's a leader based on their job title. Now I'm not saying that's the only reason they're there. I'm sure they have other qualifications. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's a job title. They're going to decide what happens, right? And you function in sort of that hierarchical environment, or in the military, for that matter. Absolutely. Right. Um, when you're a when you're a business owner, when you started your own company, it's like, no, this is my company. I run the show. I, I, I'm taking the risk. Right. We're going to do it my way. <coughs> At the end of the day, that's what it boils down to. Now we've talked a lot about transparency and accountability and so on and so forth. But in a social setting, everybody's equal. Right, so the 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 uh, what what's what's in now? See, whatever I was gonna I say, I just lost it. What's <laughs> well, there's leaders in every social setting, so it's not always equal. Some people don't have leadership, so so what I was about to say is, how did they get there? How did they get where? It, because when they all first met, right, right, you don't really know who those people are, right, right. The leaders distinguish themselves. That's true. And it's more of a group consensus about, the right. yeah, there's ten people, and well, this guy's got a good idea, so I'm gonna go with him. That's true. Yeah. Right. And so the people, people with those natural qualities that are applicable to that group, they're the ones who end up being the leader, and that's why I think it's the most pure of all of these different sorts of arrangements because the cream rises to the top. Right. right. Unless you bring food, liquor. Right. Unless you bring food, liquor, or you know, you the DJ. I mean, but those are things that, from a social standpoint, am I? Am I? You're right on that. You're right on I that. I mean, even at church, that was one of the big things at church. It was like, what? Nobody come to your program if you wouldn't feed. Right. Right. That that's a huge, yeah. huge tail. It's a drop. It is. It is. What they serve. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are they bringing? And now it's the you know the thing is who all gonna be there like you posted the other yeah. day, you know being able to determine what crowd, what group, what people are gonna be there because if it's someone who's going to throw your vibe off, then yeah, then I probably don't want to do that. And I think a lot of people are starting to turn to come kind of a homebody introverts in that respect mm -hmm. as well because. Different energy. Yeah. 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 And technology, I mean, has somewhat contributed to it. 
but the I think the lack of personal interaction I mean you see it more where I can conveniently do this you know hey call so and so I can just text them mm-hmm. right no I, call them talk would, to them just yeah. like you said the experience you had where the guy wouldn't even I mean that's just the change over time with technology it's become more people I don't want to look you in the eye right I, I you know and that says a lot or or people that you know you were taught we were taught, look a person in the eye, shake their hand, look at them while you're talking to them. Right. That Engage. lets you know at least you respect them. Exactly. And and I think that's going away like just for the sake of convenience. Yes. Because I can, you know, SMS, text communication was just like it was pick up a loaf of bread. That's all it used to be. It wasn't meant for a conversation. Yes. It was Me a simple, short in the little thing. I'm in, I don't want to talk to anybody on the phone. That's Word. just how I am. Word. I I get off work. Guess what? Really hey, look, talk, look, okay, we've got a comment. Talk to you Wait, right. I didn't mean to cut you off. We got I, we got a comment here that it says I'm sorry, but I don't agree when your antisocial said everyone is not equal because there are still people that are clicking due to their professional lives. I I, I commented back can to try to get her to explain it some more, but I'm not exactly sure I understand that. But if you're still watching Type this, explain some more on here because I'm curious about what you meant by that comment. Hey, Gail, where you at, sis? And thank yeah, you I, all for tuning in, man. <laughs> right. Thank you for kicking. I'm like, trying I, to say I ain't one either. No, no, no. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta make sure. <laughs> Gotta make sure everybody okay. is in here and they showing love. If you're showing love, we appreciate that. Man. Hey, sissy. Stay with us. <laughs> what? Oh, shoot. Oh, yeah. What's me? No, no, I was going to say you do. So oh. I can't see that far. Oh, okay. So I'm just respecting. Yeah, I see Aisha. Yeah. But, um, Aisha. So I really want to be able to explain that some more. If you're still on there, please I, put oh, something else up here so we can comment on it. It, it. it sounds like, and I may be saying this wrong, but I think people in similar business roles maybe click up together and hang out. Like you may not see, you know, mechanics hanging out with lawyers or things like that. Pigeons with eagles. <clears throat> well, I won't say pigeons with eagles because there's some great mechanics out there. No, no, no. I'm, saying, I'm not saying anyone's different. I mean, better. It's just... Oh, she was on 75 North. She's driving. She's oh, locked together. Okay. Right, right. <laughs> okay, and we'll I, send it in an IM. We'll address it at some point. Yes, most definitely. So, so socially, like, as far as leadership, is there any one particular like quality that stands out because I feel like in a social setting, you know, you should want people to be included. I've been in groups where honesty people, right. People try to, that was my answer. Try to segregate the group. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't like so-and-so and and it's like, nah, either we all going to hang out or we not going to hang out. Whatever you want to do. I mean, I just don't feel like, you know, Again, again, it's back to the empathy portion of it and the honesty part. It's, you know, I'm not going to make someone feel in a way that I wouldn't want to feel. And, like, in the social setting, business is out the window. You know, emotions are involved. Mm-hmm. You know, and usually when you turn that around on somebody, like, how would you feel if you showed up, we all supposed to be hanging out at happy hour, and then everybody rolled their eyes when you walk in. Oh, gosh, here comes so-and-so, you know. Because that's that life insurance. <laughs> 
That's all I got to talk about. <laughs> here she comes. Here she comes with that life insurance again. But but that's the other aspect of it is I've been in that place where you see the posts going on Facebook and everybody knows and I'm building the business and that's really I spend so much of my waking hours reading and studying and being able to go to conferences talking about that. Like I get excited about it. It's a passion for me. So when I come through the door and I want to be able to talk about cash value life insurance and all this other stuff, people look at me like, Does she go with that life insurance? I told you I already got a policy through my job. But it's great information. What did you say to me in that phone conversation? If your job ended the day, would you still have coverage? Right. That's a real question. But that people was, don't want to hear that. That was like my shit had, had red solo moment. cups. Full of Don Julio seventy. Unofficial <laughs> <laughs> right sponsor. No, it's not. It's not full anymore. <laughs> oh no, no y'all can't, can't have no more. Y'all can't have no more. Dang you, no more. Oh, why are you? <laughs> wow. Dang. All righty. But yeah, that, no. In, even Who in the social stadium. <laughs> That that's great information to share, and that again makes you want to choose more wisely. That like, if if people feel uncomfortable sharing great information, like, do well, I want to be in that circle or not? I mean, is that not fair to say? Well, yeah, and you're right, but I also had to look at it from my balance that standpoint. Okay. Where it's like, am I so one sided that I'm not fun to be around? That I can't have a regular conversation. That we can't talk about the love and hip hop. We can't talk about the fire fest. We can't talk about things that regular people talk about. We can't crack a joke. You know, you can't be so serious and just be put in this box. You definitely have to have a level of balance. So that was one thing that I had to learn socially is that, you know, I got super excited about it, but it didn't ever mean everybody else around me did. And I had mm. to be able to say, I gotta take my friends into consideration. What do they want to talk about? More What's so, important to them? Right, more so than in a business sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you're at work to get your money. Well, yeah. I think it's something else Marcus said way back, but in respect of being able to be versatile. And like you said, there was a job interview that you mm-hmm. went on, and the guy sat there and talked about everything except for the job, but it really just made you feel like there was some real connectivity between the two. You have to tell the story a lot better than I do, but... <laughs> Again, you know something about a lot of different subjects just so you can encourage and engage other people and they don't feel so intimidated by you so you can continue to have a productive relationship. (laughs) You don't want to talk to me no more. You're not my friend. Whatever. You don't remember? Well, um, maybe. Did you have any any other details other than that? You went to a job interview. Yeah. And the guy was talking to you about was it a a Manhattan or? A oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Okay, so I, yeah, that, I was, that, friends, I, yeah, you know, that was a long time I ago. That, yeah. I remember the Manhattan. Yeah. Right? Wow, that but it's, like, it's always the liquor, ain't it? Yeah. yeah well. <laughs> so um, that that night, that's when I was still living in Virginia. So that job interview, the guy was a uh, he was a. Uh, he was an electrical engineer that, that had a company there, and I was trying to get a job with, with this company. So uh, we met at a bar, which was the first time I'd ever had a, a business meeting of any sort in a bar. And so we're sitting there talking, and the first thing he commented on was my drink, which was a Manhattan. So at that, I took a mental note of that to my, to myself. So I just, after that, I went to the liquor store, and I just started buying airplane bottles of uh all these different kinds of liquor, right? Just so I would know a little something about them so that whenever I sat down in that situation again, whatever the other person was drinking, whether it was vodka or whiskey or rye or whatever, then I could order something similar and we'd have a common ground. 
because during that interview, we, we did. We talked about everything except the job. Everything except the job. And it started out with whiskey. We started talking about whiskey. 30 minutes later, we're still sitting there chit-chatting. He's like, okay, well, it's about time for me to go. We spent, I don't know, five, maybe 10 minutes. And like, okay, I'll call you in a week or whatever. And walked out. And that was the whole interview. And I, that was something that, um, that I just took note of just to be able to establish a common ground with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, and that's good. That's another characteristic, observation. I mean, yeah, like like we've all said, that we all like to take a glimpse of a place when we first walk into any setting, whether it be business or social. You know, even sometimes in family situations, we look at observing being one of the things we have to do before we react. And it, it comes, all these things <clears throat> help to make us more rounded, to make us, you know, great leaders. And that's what we're trying to do. We are trying to foster habits to become great leaders i mean just in this room the things we talked about before we went on air you know i'm excited about what's about to happen mm-hmm. uh some of the things we can talk about some we can't talk about so we hope you all keep tuning in um as we go out we're going to start with Dave and go around the room uh like we do always money 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 something positive for the people and then send us home so something positive for the people you know, leadership is developed over time. It is not one of those things where you just walk into a, a walk up, wake up one morning and you're automatically a leader. I really feel like it's something that if you choose to be a leader, you can develop into that. And it takes baby steps, but I I definitely encourage people to step into that role, especially if you're looking to be a business owner, because there are going to be people who you're going to be leading that's going to be following in your footsteps. And of course, we all know the rich dad, poor dad quadrant, we eventually want to be business owners where we have employees or have corporations where there are other people working under us and we can delegate. So it's very important for us to be able to work on our leadership abilities daily. Um, And when you made a mistake, admit you made a mistake and keep moving forward with that. I mean, keep on pushing. Keep on pushing. Absolutely. Nobody is perfect. I, I definitely want to see you guys continue to make progress to grow in your business, to make more money. And, of course, you know, you can find me at IamWealthyNow.com. Thank you for tuning in. Oh, well, so um, she took every highlight that I was thinking. So I will say that uh, (laughs) you are a leader. You are a leader. Um, I think once you decide that you are a leader, then um, some of the attributes will, uh, you'll, you'll start to find some of the attributes. I've heard people say that I'm not a leader, it's not me, but if you choose to be, then you can start walking in that path. And for, as far as for me, I have had some great mentors and some great people in my life who have, uh, shown me what it means to be a great leader and, uh, I've taken bits from people mm-hmm. and, uh, some what to do, a lot what not to do. And uh, just look at your life and look at the people in your life and uh, take what you can and just start making progress moving forward and uh, let's go. Okay, I'm going to be different because my closing thought has nothing to do with leadership whatsoever. But I wrote this down a couple of days ago, (laughs) so I want to say it. And Lania, if you're still watching, we talked about this yesterday. But the, uh, so me and David were working on something. And one of one of the things on uh, one of the things that she brought up was it was important for to know your why, 
right? Why do why do you want to start a business? Why do you want to be <laughs> successful? What does success look like? Right. You know, why do you want to be wealthy, et cetera, et cetera? Stuff we've talked about on the podcast before. So I was thinking about that and I was looking back over the events of the last six months or so. So like at my corporate job, I was giving a presentation. The guy I'm giving the presentation to makes my annual salary every two weeks. Mm-hmm. Right? God. Right. So, I mean, and as I'm giving the presentation, um, I'm thinking about who I'm presenting it to. And I'm like, is any of this even make sense, right, given the audience? Mm-hmm. And so he wasn't like a real flashy guy or anything. He drove an Audi to work, maybe a $45,000 car, right? Not not real. Mm-hmm. So then in the paper yesterday, they were talking about the CEOs of banks. Like my company is, uh, or the company I work for, it's, I mean, it's a good sized company, but it's, it's a lot smaller than Citibank, right? The CEO of Citibank makes, makes his salary every month, right? Wealthy saying I'm wealthy or I have a lot of money really says more about you and what you view as a lot of money more than it says about the actual amount of money you make. Okay. Right? And that's why it's important to know why you want to get there. Because if you're just chasing money for the sake of chasing money, you are never, ever going to be happy. That's right? true. You're never going to be true. satisfied. Because even even the, the CEO of Citibank, he's making 30 or $35 million a year, and it is peanuts compared to what Bezos is worth or some of these other guys. Right. right? They're worth billions and billions. So is he going to look around and be like, I'm poor? Right. right. Whenever talk, whenever people talk about oh they got money, they're always talking about somebody else. The rest of the world they talk about Americans, right? And then we look further up the ladder. You know, people make millions of dollars a year, and they look further up the ladder, right? There's always going to be someone with more. So know your why. Right. Good point. Good point. Man, all I want to say is, you guys, we appreciate you first and foremost for tuning in. Whoever tuned in, uh, we love that. Man, whatever you want to do, you can do it. You just have to make sure you have the focus. If you are that leader, make sure you're leading your people down the right path. If you're not a leader, make sure you know your role. Everybody has a role when it comes to business. You might have some person that's going to be the leader, but you can be that manager right behind them that puts everything in place. But you have to understand your role and you have to understand there's a lot that comes along with it. So, make sure you tune in Friday to the ABC Crew with HP Podcast. You did. <laughs> I just want to round out every, everything by saying thank you to everyone that tuned in. I'm uh, grateful for this group of people that I've, I've came in contact with. Thank each and every one of you personally. I really, you all empower me. I'm ready to take on another week of work. Um, to everybody listening, I hope you've gained something. Uh, as a leader, remember the action, the action of leading people, whether it be by example, by behavior, by whatever. Stay, be on task, be a mission expert, have accountability, be empathetic. Those are some of the qualities you need to possess and understanding that it's knowing what to do, but having that management aspect of doing things the right way. Uh, this is the Ramen Movement. This was our first live show. We had fun. Let's clap it up. Thank you guys for tuning in. This is going to be a regular thing. 
Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed it. If you haven't done so already, like the Ramen Movement page. You should. Uh, more and more content to be coming up. So as usual, we thank you guys. Everybody had a good night. We'll see you on the next one. Yes, sir. Peace. I think we need to stop that. Good.